When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Starbucks pistachio latte will transport you to your happy place. The comforting flavor of pistachio, warm espresso and milk, all with a brown buttery topping. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. Welcome to Festival Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Here's your host, Marla Davies. Hey now, it's Marla Davies, your host of Festival Nation, the podcast where we celebrate the magical world of music festivals from the good old days through today and even tomorrow. Festival Nation here on the Pantheon Podcast Network is featuring a special mini-series on Skull and Roses, and we'll be dedicating a series of shows featuring the musicians playing at the festival. Skull and Roses is a multi-day festival celebrating the music and community of the Grateful Dead. Skull and Roses returns April 2nd through the 5th for its fourth anniversary at the legendary Ventura County Fairgrounds on the Central California coast. On today's show, we welcome Graham Lesh, singer and guitarist for Midnight North. Graham also plays in the Terrapin Family Band and Phil and Friends with his dad, Grateful Dead bassist Phil Lesh. On today's show, you'll hear how Graham's journey took him from Stanford to the high-tech world to creating his own band, Midnight North. And of course, he confirms he's a deadhead. But sometimes fandom can be kind of strange. I can play basically every Grateful Dead song that ever Existed. happened on guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, That's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, obviously I've been to more shows than most people, na, 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 even na, though na. a lot of them were, were first sets. But I'm, I guess the there's a holding holding everyone on a pedestal aspect of things that I don't really subscribe to. On Saturday, January 18th, 2020, Midnight North performed at Terrapin Crossroads in San Rafael. Terrapin Crossroads was established by Phil Lesh, and the venue was created to offer live music every day of the week with different stages. Let's just say the place is hopping. Terrapin Crossroads opened March 17th, 2012, with a run of 12 Phil and Friends shows. And the music never stopped. You can't even count on two hands and two feet all of the incredible musicians who've stopped by to jam at Terrapin Crossroads. Our story begins when CEO of the Pantheon Podcast Network, Christian Swain, and his amazing wife, Amy, and I traveled to Marin County to catch Graham Lesh's band, Midnight North. They were performing in the great room, and tickets were about 20 bucks. The show was sold out. 
The band had already established themselves by doing a Sunday night residency in the common space, but of late, Midnight Nord had been busy touring themselves, so this was sort of a homecoming for the band. And this night was special, and they were performing in front of a hometown crowd. I live in San Jose, so a trek up to Marin is a journey, but a trip to Terrapin Crossroads is always fun. It's become a hippie destination, and of course, the joint was crawling with deadheads. I love it. I connected with Graham earlier in the day, and he said he'd try to get us in early for sound check and just give him a text. Oh yeah, and we were on the guest list, and that is never old for me. By the time we got to Terrapin Crossroads about 6.30, a line of dedicated fans had already started lining up, many with their tie-dye blankets tossed on the sidewalk near the entryway. The most dedicated fans were ready to secure their spots up front with the doors opening at 7 o'clock. With Graham B. and Phil Lesh's son, there, of course, was a buzz in the air and a hope, too, that the Grateful Dead bassist would show up and jam. I mean, after all, it's his place, and he's local. How could he not make an appearance? Midnight North scheduled to play two sets. The big question, which set would Phil sit in on? I'm banking on the second set. Well, rock and roll rule number one. Always act like you know what you're doing. And we did. We walked right up past the dozens of people in line and opened the door to the great room and walked right in. Even security looked surprised and responded with basically, who the hell are you? But remember, rock and roll rule number one. Well, we're here with the Festival Nation podcast and uh, we're here to see Graham. He knows we're coming. Okay, I guess was the response. I hit the record on my player and game on. We got in for sound check. Said hi to Graham, always good. Show was great, Phil jammed with Graham and Midnight North in the second set. And then he stuck around beaming as the proud dad on the side of the stage, which was really a quartered off section of the floor which chairs were set up on for special people. Phil was about two feet from me, but of course I was not in the special people section even though I did feel pretty special. Still, I wanted to take a selfie or get an autograph on my super cool guitar purse, but I didn't because of rock and roll rule number two. Don't act like an idiot. And I violated this rule a few times, but not this night. I danced and twirled and two-stepped and embraced Midnight North. The night was grand and super fun. You can check out their website, midnightnorth.com, for tour dates or join us at Skull and Roses in April at the Ventura County Fairgrounds. Today on Festival Nation, as part of our mini-series featuring the music of the Skull and Roses Festival, we're excited to talk to Graham Lesh, whose band will be performing at the festival in April. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. First, we should talk about the elephant in the room. I'm sure, you know, you are Phil Lesh's kid, so everyone asks you this, these questions, but I got to get it out of the way. You grew up in the De- Grateful Dead Circus, right? I mean, you were just a little kid. Yep. little kid at the time. And, you know, it's funny because they always say kids don't really remember much, you know, when they're kids. There's mm-hmm. very little memory. <laughs> it's kind of strange. And you were pretty little. I mean, you went to a lot of shows, but how much of that do you really remember? Well, um, I, I don't know if it's, you know, a lot of specific memories. I have, I have, a you know, plenty of them. Uh, I like to say I went to a lot of first sets cause you know, we were younger and, um, uh, I guess I was eight, uh, when Jerry Garcia died and the, you know, the, the grateful dead ended. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 
I have plenty of memories and there's photos and videos that can help me jog my memories <laughs> and everything like that. So, right. um, I've got plenty and you know, there's, um, I have all kinds of fun impressions of, of Jerry and, you know, obviously Bob, that relationships continued and, and, uh, you know, the other, uh, band members as well. So, you know, uh, just as friends and family of my, of my folks and, uh, and things like that. So, um, so you have a yeah. recollection. I mean, you have a, a, yeah, a, a recollection. But you say first sets. So after basically, you know, you went home after the first set because second set. Yeah, to the hotel crazy. or something oh. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my brother and I, who my brother is three years younger than me. So, you know, um, we were sort of in a slightly different generation than some of the other kids. Uh, we're a little older than, than, than Bobby's kids and, uh, you know, uh, younger than, you know, Justin Kreutzmann and, and most of the Garcia kids. So, um, it was mostly just us as a family sort of together on those, on those tours. And so, yeah, my, uh, my mom or, or a family friend who would be watching us would, uh, would take us back take to the hotel back. usually after a, after a first set. And that's um, a good that time seems, to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. The timing seemed to work out. Um, I'm impressed with how many shows we were able to go to in general. Um, even if it wasn't the full show. Right. Well, yeah. Half a show. I mean, when you're little yeah. kids, but you think you guys, you know, the band could have coordinated that just a little better. Like let's all have kids at the same time nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they can kind of play together and have play dates and things. But what, how fun is right. that though? Seriously. I mean, what a great upbringing for you. A lot of kids grow up and they're like, Oh, when I grow up, I'm going to run away and join the circus. And, and <laughs> yeah, right. the circus came to you. Yeah. And you know, we had, uh, there were still plenty of kids our age sort of around, um, you know, Tara Hart's not that much older than us and, um, the Midland kids and, and, the uh, the Hunter kids were not that, you know, they'd be around and plenty of crew families and everything like that. So, uh, you know, it is one big, huge extended family circus, yeah. uh, that, you know, we're lucky to, to all sort of, keep up with each other and, and all that, uh, at the same time as, uh, even though, you know, we're all different ages, uh, when the, the real thing was happening. Right. You have, I mean, you have a special bond and you know, that's, so, I mean, I feel yeah, lucky for that, sure. that I, you know, discovered the dead in the eighties right before and when it was like the arena shows. And right. so I got to go to those shows, which were, you know, there was just so much smaller then. And right. And they were practicing touch of gray and throwing stones during that totally, time. Totally, yeah. No, I mean, I was born right, right before In the Dark came out. So all I know is the the bigger ones um, <clears throat> until you know the the Phil Lesh and Friends days, which is you know more of my formative musical memories. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know when it ex exploded, it it was funny because you know I'm a radio girl myself, but it's funny when the you know In the Dark, you know that album came out and all these new songs, and we had been listening to them for years on tour yeah yeah it just was i got we still get a little chuckle out of that because it's like they're really not that new yeah <laughs> right. playing them a while. <laughs> but that is it's just cool so i mean i just that's just such a fun it's a fun experience and your parents were so damn responsible i mean i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were they were amazing um and gave us you know the experience of a lifetime even as kids and uh you know still we uh 
came out okay. So okay, you did it. <laughs> you know? you made, what did you know? You ended up going in you know, the musical direction. I mean, you went to Stanford and the whole thing. Is it was there a moment yep. you were going to do something else? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I got a minor in uh, at Stanford in music, and then I I went back for an extra year and did a master's in music. But it was really just an excuse to take the classes that let me use the recording studio for my college bands and stuff like that. Okay. Um, uh, so, you know, I, as at most other, um, kids who graduate, graduated college in the Bay area, um, or from the Bay area in, uh, you know, that immediate post economy crash in 2008, we all, everyone went into tech. So I, I worked at a, a variety of tech companies and, uh, I did that until 2016, actually. But what changed my sort of course um, professionally was just my folks opening Terrapin Crossroads and uh, having a place and a community of musicians to be around um, and a place for all of us to play and, you know, really hone our skills uh, for Midnight North. That That was how we sort of grew up as a band cause we started right at the same time and in, in early 2012. Um, and so that gave us a, a place to play in front of people and really figure out what we were as a band and grow from there. And I know that happened for a lot of other, uh, a lot of other musicians in the Bay area, um, at, you know, at a different, at a lot of different levels. So, uh, yeah, that's sort of what changed my path into being, uh, you know, more of a, a music lifer. That, I didn't realize that. I remember, you know, when, you know, your dad, Phil Lesh, of course, we're talking to Graham Lesh. When, yep. you, when you, you know, Terrapin Crossroads came about, I remember, wasn't it some old, like old fish restaurant or, <laughs> yeah. or something? It was, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, my folks got the idea for the place from Levon Helms Studios, from Levon's Barn, okay. um, that we did a couple, uh, that's in Woodstock still, uh, since, since Levon passed away. Uh, his daughter, Amy Helm sort of helps, uh, help, uh, she runs that. Um, but that, you know, we did a couple rambles there with Levon and that's just, that's his home or that was his home. And, um, and, and it's more of a studio and a, and a venue. Um, my folks were looking for something, you know, they got the idea for that. My dad was in further, but he must've been in a, you know, just in his seventies and he didn't really want to tour the way that, uh, the rest of every, you know, mm-hmm. the rest of the band members wanted to tour, um, you know, Bob or, or the Phil and friends folks. Um, so he figured, uh, let's do, let's do what Levon did and, and, uh, have everyone come to us. That's a great um, idea. I yeah. <laughs> so, but the venue they found, uh, Terrapin Crossroads, uh, there's a restaurant attached to it and a very large kitchen. Uh, it was a seafood uh, seafood restaurant, uh, those folks in who uh, know Marin County and its history, it was the seafood peddler. Um, okay. yeah, it had go. been around for a very long time. Uh, but yeah, now it's for the last almost eight years, it's been Terrapin Crossroads and it's a great restaurant too. We, uh, you know, the, we added a bar stage in the restaurant and sort of playing music in the bar every night is sort of what created the community around, Terrapin Crossroads, um, uh, within the music the you know, the, the musician community. So, um, you know, there's a place to play for free in front of a pretty, uh, pretty solid audience just about every night. 
Um, and so all of us sort of cutting our teeth in that situation is really what grew the whole thing. That's it's so that's so exciting. I've been, of course, up there to Terrapin Crossroads and people just drop in and jam and you guys do a Sunday night residency. Are you still doing that? No, we have uh, we have some uh, some members moving around uh, around the country. So not everyone's in town all the time. So I'll, okay. I'll play on Sundays as Graham Lush and friends. Uh, okay. Just with some friends, a lot of times with Connor O'Sull- uh, O'Sullivan, our bass player. Um, but, but no, no yeah. Elliot. Uh, Elliot is bouncing around the country. Okay. Uh, she's she's out here as much as she can. But you know, we tour so much too that it's um, it's been hard to uh, you know everyone kind of wants when we're off the road. It's um, you know just in the last six months or so, it's been hard to get everyone together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everyone kind of wants to just hang and do family stuff and, um, you know, figure out uh, their lives when they're not on the road. Right, because uh, the road's pretty rigorous, included. you know. Yeah, it's, I mean. It's very rigorous, and we've been going at it pretty pretty hard with Midnight North and with my dad, so um, with the Terrapin Family Band. So, um, yeah, it's been hard to, to keep the Sunday nights going, but whenever we're all in town, we try and keep that, that bar show thing going, though, though – Obviously, our next one's going to be a, a ticketed uh, thing on a Saturday night instead. Well, that's on something. Put it on your calendar. It's definitely yeah. worth it. So, January 18th. Okay. Uh, now, so you're saying a new album. So you just came out with yep. Under the Lights, right? So you have another one coming out? You guys are yeah. really busy. Or is this the same one? Well, uh, no. Under the Lights was, uh, I guess, 2017. Oh, okay. So, All you right. know, we're getting... That one's, <laughs> yeah, it's not as new as it as it was. Okay, uh, we still play true. obviously most of those songs. I love. I lo- I'm super proud of that album uh, of Under the Lights. We just came out with a new single called Longview that our drummer Nathan Graham and I wrote. Um, really happy with how that song turned out too. Uh, but that was just from a, um, a shorter session we did. This is going to be more. You know, we got more of a collection of songs about ready to go. And we're going to, some of which we've played live, like you were talking about with uh, the dead for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they won't be surprises for some folks who have been, you know, coming to shows uh, for a couple of years with midnight North, but right. some of them are brand new and uh, I'm really excited to work out all those tunes in the studio and uh, see where they go. Well, why don't we listen? Because um, I would like to feature Longview. At, on, yeah. Let's listen to a little bit of this on the podcast. And let everyone can, you know, if they don't know you guys, they can hear some of your new stuff. Yeah. Midnight North, we're talking with Graham Lesh on Festival Nation. Oh! 
Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. We're talking to Graham Lesh, the singer and guitarist for Midnight North on Festival Nation. Although his band has Americana roots, he grew up in the San Francisco music scene, and he's seen his dad's band, The Grateful Dead, more than you can imagine. He grew up loving another Bay Area band, Metallica. You got a lot of energy as a, as a teenager, and I definitely went in the the harder, heavier, you know, Metallica is a little bit like, you know, Zeppelin or Black Sabbath, but taken up a notch. More from Graham Lesh after this. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. Hey now, it's Marla Davies. We're talking to Graham Lesh, singer and guitarist for Midnight North on Festival Nation where we celebrate the magical world of music festivals. Graham, yeah. it's really made me laugh. I was listening to, to Longview, and there's like that little jam in there in the middle, and yeah, it's very jam bandy, Grateful Dead-ish. I got, you can just hear it, right? It's in your which, DNA. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Which version are you listening to? I didn't. We didn't put all that much in. Uh, oh, which were? I thought it was this. Maybe it the was. The stuff at the end? Yeah. You know, I, it probably was just... I said little jam. It wasn't like ma a major. Right, 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 right. Because then people commented and they said, this is really good, but when you guys hear this live, there's so much more, you know, amazing. Yo, for sure, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we're when we're in the studio especially, we're trying... We're songwriters first, you know. Mm -hmm. We put our little escape valves in the song but uh, that we can take out live if we want to, but, you know, we're trying to tell a concise thing in the... Uh, in in the song and um, not put in the instrumental breaks unless it you know it really needs it. Just like we're not going to put a put lyrics in unless we think we right. it really needs it or a melodic thing. It's um, it's well planned. Really, yeah, it's what whatever we think the song uh, needs. Well, you so. guys have beautiful harmonies beside the great playing and the jamming, and you know it's a really you guys are a tight band. You can tell because you. You play together and you work it out. I mean, that's such a great model. I mean, it, you know, you really, 
your grassroots. You start at the, you know, you start at the bottom, you work through it and yeah, you get really tight. It just happens by practice. Yeah, we definitely, I mean, we've played hundreds of shows over the last eight years since we, we started as a band, but um, you know, those harmonies that we, um, that you talked about, that's sort of, you know, that's what Elliot and I, when we first met and started, started jamming, that was what we really sort of figured out that we could do, um, at a level that we felt comfortable, you know, being a band with that as the focus. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it started with, uh, you know, those Graham Parson and Emmy Lou Harris country songs. Uh-huh. Um, and, but, you know, then we get into CSMY and, and those, those dead records with, uh, um, you know, the American Beauty and, and Working Man's Dead that have more harmonies and are more acoustic flavored and um, sort of take, you know, the band's first couple records and, um, yeah, you, you know, really take inspiration Absolutely. from, from all those things. Um, but then try and do our own thing. Cause we're, you know, we're writing our own songs and, um, you know, both of us and, and the rest of the band too. Like I said, Longview is co-written with Nathan Graham, our drummer. And, you know, we're all just trying to tell cool stories and make them melodic. And we hope everyone, you know, enjoys the end result. Absolutely. Well, you know, you're under, you know, you come under the big umbrella of the Grateful Dead with your dad being Phil Lesh and, and this and that. And you do play, you do play a couple dead songs. Is there a dead song that you, you know, you feel like, hey, we just got, we love playing this one? Um, they, I mean, there's a bunch. Um, when, when we, I mean, Nathan, Elliot and I are, are all in the Terrapin family band with my dad. So we definitely get our fill of, of playing Grateful Dead songs with that band. So with Midnight North, we we throw the Grateful Dead music and those covers in with all the other covers we do, which range from, you know, Brandy Carlisle and Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson and all these, you know, more modern um, folks doing cool, doing cool Americana stuff with the Dead and the band and the Stones and, uh, and CSMY and, um, you know, those all kind of go into one bucket of covers that we really, you know, of bands that, that we are influenced by and that we, we love, you know, Elliot's got a, a great Chicago blues background, especially in her singing. So we'll, we'll bust out some of those. Um, but you know, specifically with dead songs, we, um, we like to change something up and not do it like they do. You know, if it's a song, if it, you know, change the key and have Elliot sing a song that, that one of the, you know, the men in the band would have, would have sang, uh, lead on before. Um, I, I always love doing that and mm-hmm. just coming at a song from a different direction. Um, I loved Levon Helms late in his life. He covered Tennessee Jed, uh, yeah. on one of his records and it's, it's so great. I love the, the feel he gets, um, on his drumming and the way he sings it is, so timeless. And then there's like this crazy cool horn break instead of the longer jam, um, in the middle of Tennessee jet, they just do a, a quick little horn break that changes keys. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure Larry Campbell sort of came up with that. Um, who's been in Phil Lesh and friends too, and was also Levon Helms's band leader late in life. And, uh, so we, we kind of stole some of that. And when we cover, um, 
Tennessee Dread. And we kind of sing it like the Grateful Dead, but we play this instrumental part like the, uh, like Levon did and um, kind of just take all these little parts from from everywhere and try. Hopefully the synthesis, no matter who we're covering, turns into our own thing. Festival Nation. I know you have, you had, I've read many things about you saying, you know, you had a love for metal, you know, Metallica. Oh, yeah. I love Metallica. I love them. Me too. Yeah. I worked at a radio station and it was so cool. And that we brought them in a flatbed truck to good old Tower Records and they played in the parking lot. (laughs) That's amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Bay Area too. Yeah. I, you know, I got into a bunch of like harder music. Um, Especially, you know, when you're a teenager, you, you go from whatever you're listening to when you're in your young teens. And then I, I feel like everyone goes through a Led Zeppelin phase around like 15 or 16. Yeah. And my then kid, you get into 16 right now and he, do, he loves Led yeah. Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. He's but, leaning kind of Beatles now. He's really digging them. That's so. cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and then, you know, like so you go in a bunch of different directions and for a while there, I, you know you got a lot of energy as a, as a teenager. And I definitely went in the, the harder, heavier, you know, Metallica is a little bit like, you know, Zeppelin or black Sabbath, but taken up a notch. Um, and so I, I definitely got into that. I didn't really get into much other metal, um, that didn't have like Metallica has some kind of melodic quality. It does. does. Uh, Uh, Even in their, their earlier, you know, heavier thrashier, days um and so i i liked that part of it the combination of the melodies with the uh with the the heaviness and the machine gun drums and all that yeah. the the sonic pedal to the metalness uh, of the of the whole thing definitely spoke to me but i i like that they sang and that there were melodies and not just not just screaming, screaming. like that gargoyle yep. voice i know because like yeah. nothing else I'm matters it's teach. really technically a ballad Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's not really metal at all. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, and then, yeah. you, you know, have a nice but even, guitar you know, master of puppets has great melodies, <laughs> yeah, and, true. you know? Yeah. They'll, they'll go out there and they'll come back for sure. So, yeah. Or like battery has that beautiful classical guitar opening and then it just starts pummeling you. James Hetfield once backstage at a Leonard Skinner concert. So, oh yeah, I'm sure he's got his. He goes yeah. through his country vibes sometimes. He's, exactly. You know, he well, did that song with Government Mule, and yeah, it's good. To, it's good to keep it, you know, it open. In fact, when I became, I was going to ask you about this in a minute or two, but when I feel like I became a deadhead, when I could say I was a deadhead, that's when I, I felt like I opened my musical palette. And I mm. think that's important, right? I, I was stuck yeah. in a certain way. I came from, I'm a kid from Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, PA. And 
okay. had a certain impression about rock and roll is this or that, right. you know, at my, my things, my, and I had, to, it took me a while to break through and open my mind to things. And, you know, for you and music, you know, as you've gotten older, music has changed. How has music changed in your life now that you've gotten a little older? Um, well, I, I listen more to learn songs than I do just for pleasure. Um, which has its good and bad parts. I discover a lot more music um, just through the Terrapin scene and people being like, well, why don't we play this song? It's by someone I've never heard of. Um, and so then I get interest, uh, introduced to somebody um, that way. So, you know, in, in terms of my, my listening to music, I feel like I have a, a breadth, but not maybe as much of a depth of knowledge uh, that I did when I was, you know, first learning and first getting into things. And it's just like, you have to go so hardcore into every nuance of the Metallica catalog or, you know, who the Led Zeppelin catalog. And you could name every lyric from every, uh, you know, every song on every album and talk about the inside cover of a vinyl record that you've never seen before because it's 1999 or whatever. And there's no vinyl around, but you know, um, yeah, it's, uh, in, in terms of my listening to music, that's sort of been, uh, the thing I've noticed it's been different, but I mean, the rest of it, it's, um, you got the Americana thing. That's yeah. very big right now. I mean, I love it myself. Personally. Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of always into that. It was, it was, um, you know, starting in college around then I, I would sort of listen to all the folks that my dad would have in, in Phil and friends. And the one person that really stuck to me, which, um, you know, uh, there's some issues now, of course, but I, I got really into Ryan Adams. Um, yeah. and that, that turned me into a big fan of, I mean, what they called alt country at the time, but really it's, it's just, um, it's just the same Americana scene. Um, you know, song focused, acoustic instruments focused, or, you know, at least real instrument focused. Yes. Real um, instrument. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I plan, I, I love what Sturgill Simpson's doing with synthesizers and heavy guitars and stuff like that, but it's, at least it's coming from the same place. And, you know, it really does. You find that this music all just connects to the same roots and, you know, that's what's kind of special about the Grateful Dead is that they were just this synthesis of every kind of American music. Um, and, and pre-American music just like crammed into one band. They had such a breadth of interest and they'd, you know, Jerry was a, you know, great bluegrass oh, banjo player bluegrass. and, yeah, you know, and, uh, and Bobby, you know, loves, all these, Bobby loves cowboy yep. songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love all those songs too. And it's, you know, it's, I think this Americana scene, the revival that we're seeing is just like a lot of folks going back to the roots of what the music that they've been listening to all the time has been. And that's sort of where the Grateful Dead is and, and all of the Grateful Dead spinoffs have always been. Um, it's not just rock and roll. It's not just blues. It's not just bluegrass um, or whatever. It's, it's trying to take aspects of all of those and make something your own. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely where Midnight North is trying to, to do things. And hopefully, you know, when we're playing with my dad and the Terrapin family band, how we're trying to, to do things too. We're not trying to sound exactly like whoever, you Did know, had before. the same role. Right. Yep. But, uh, trying to, 
to take our experiences and interpret the songs uh, that way and just be true to ourselves with it. Oh, you got to be true to yourself. Otherwise, you're lost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, you know, it's funny because I work, you know, in radio, I work actually at K-Pig, which is, we. it's in Santa Cruz. Yeah. It's Americana <laughs> format. So yep. We play. We should be playing you. In fact, I should play you because we're allowed yeah, to play. I'm allowed to play what should. I want, so it's pretty amazing. Uh, but you, you know, should. I'm okay. pretty sure we sent under the lights to to a lot of Americana okay. stations. <laughs> well, I will follow through on that for sure. So yeah. we also played John Mayer. At, you know, when I worked for sort of a you know, yeah. AC station, and I remember seeing him, and I was like, "Dude, that dude really can play guitar, but he needs a band. Yeah. He needs a band." Without I remember a band. going to see the John Mayer trio. Yeah, and he yeah. was doing the Stevie Ray Vaughan thing and I oh. thought that was great I mean I love Pino Palladino that his bass player for that who also does like amazing work in like D'Angelo's band and obviously he was in the Who for a long time mm-hmm. um, and Steve Jordan obviously is like one of the monsters of drumming you know ever so that band was kind of amazing um, They it was just like an excuse for them to just really go for it in a, in a small trio setting. But yeah, I mean, John, John's great. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's funny. You see all these folks who are, you would never, I, I would never have guessed in, you know, the early two thousands that any of these people were grateful dead fans. Then around the 50th anniversary, they all come out of the woodwork. It's great. I know it was funny because when John, you know, and the dead, they had a little mergy thing. I remember someone we were waiting to get in the show. Someone said, you know, I hope he's not going to play your body as a wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird, but kind of cool. If, if, you know, they, that would surprise everyone. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, it would. <laughs> so you're on the road a lot with your dad. I mean, with your own band, of course. So you see a lot of deadheads. What do you do? You consider mm-hmm. yourself a deadhead, or is that just just too weird? Oh, of course, okay. of course. All yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I obviously have a different. Uh, I probably have a different definition of the of how I see being a deadhead than some people. Yeah. Um, What's your definition? Yeah, what do you think? It, what does it mean? Just being a fan of the band. Yeah, I mean, I I love the music, so yeah, I. I, I fandom is weird in 2019 for literally anything. Um, I mean, like you could talk about like star Wars on the internet and everyone's just going to stratify themselves into like how much of a fan are you of this? Yeah, like, you know, it doesn't matter. Fan. Yeah. It's yeah. Competition, or like, suddenly. Yeah. And what you want out of the entertainment you consume is a, or what you think you deserve as a fan out of the entertainment you consume is a very interesting question and also uh, something that seems to be what the conversation's all about uh, with literally anything um, TV or music or movies or whatever but yeah, should um, it really yeah, be like I'm, I'm a fan in the I'm, I'm not gonna be the one who's like this version of this song is the best you know and you know be able to name all kinds of things like that but I can play basically every Rick Led song that ever Existed. happened on guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, That's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, obviously I've been to more shows than most people, na, 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 even na, though na. a lot of them were, were first sets, but I'm, I guess the, there's a holding, holding everyone on a pedestal aspect of things 
that I don't really subscribe to. Well, no, because um, that's weird because your dad's for in anything. a band. And, exactly, yeah, I mean, exactly. But I think my dad being in a very popular and famous band uh, gives me that perspective. So yeah, I'm I'm absolutely a deadhead, but I'm also a fan of a lot of other music. So there you go. What's in my? I have to say, it's my favorite. The Dead are my favorite band. But my girlfriend, yeah. she said to me, "Well, I can't. I'm not a deadhead." And I said, "You've gone to a million shows with me, and you love the band. Why not?" She says, "Well, I've never traveled." I said, "That's a stupid thing. That, that doesn't yeah, mean see, anything." That's, what are you that's talking a little about? bit of what I'm. Yeah, that's a little bit of what about. I'm talking to about. Like that's everyone silly. sets a different definition of things. Uh, and who's a true deadhead and who's not just seems like a, um, yeah, it's a, everyone loves the music. Just let's we can just all enjoy be the deadheads. music. That's, yeah. Don't have to define ourselves. Right. It's a perfect uh, in opposition idea. to anyone else. Right. It's a, it's a unification, you yes. know, and it's, we're together or all together. And that's just the beauty of, of the whole thing. So we, the, the yeah. whole, this whole podcast is about festivals. So you guys, beside playing Terrapin Crossroads, you're going to play uh, the Ventura Festival Skull and Roses yep. coming uh, in April. That's going to be fun. You've played a lot of festivals. We should at least talk a little bit. That, by the way, is April the 2nd through the 5th. Ventura County Fairgrounds is such a fun place to be to see a show. So what do you think? Why do you think festivals are just so magical? What is it that brings people every, you know, to come and kind of sacrifice a little to get there? Um, I mean, I imagine it's, uh, you know, the good festivals uh, just have a lineup or a theme that people want to, you know, spend a weekend experiencing basically. I mean, I know for us as musicians, it's great. We all see all of our friends that we don't see all the time, um, at a lot of these festivals. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone's traveling so much. It's, it's hard to gather, uh, in any one place, but a festival is a great excuse for all of us to do that. It's um, a great excuse to have fun. Yeah, it really is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a festival goer, I don't think I, I can explain, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm too busy playing them to really uh, do, them. The, do the real <laughs> festival thing that I know a lot of people are very attracted to. Um, right. But I you, imagine have you just, gone to a festival just as a fan or you're always busy it's, playing? It's been a long time. Um, I, I mean, like, I've, I think the most recent one I probably went to was hardly strictly bluegrass in San Francisco, but that's, you know, that's right down the street basically, uh, from me. So, uh, you know, and you I can went. go for it. You went. I can go for a day. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. I know you can go um, for a short time. I went to see, I love shooter Jennings. So I had to yeah. go see him and my girlfriend's totally. like, this is like heavy metal country. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love Shooter. I know. I had some. I have some friends that were used to be in his band. Okay. Um, yeah. Good. He's great. Yeah, Tony Leone, who okay. uh, yeah, has yeah. been in Phil and Friends and uh, uh, CRB, and uh, I think John Graboff was also in that band. So yeah, so you're usually playing the festivals, but you just it's just for you. It's like a, a chance to hang out, have fun with your you know your people, your fellow musicians. Yeah, and it's and it's not a super high pressure gig for any of us. So I think that makes the music better. You know, um, you don't have to worry about selling tickets or drawing drawing fans so much because that's a communal thing between all the musicians, really. Um, and so I think that makes makes the show better. Honestly, it puts everyone in a um, in a happy better mood. state of mind. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in a happy mood. And, um, you know, for the, 
for the audience, I imagine, especially these weekend long festivals, if someone goes for the whole four, three, four days, just having that much music there in front of you, uh, you know, for, for one ticket, you, you know, get your money's um, worth. yeah, you really do, um, more than just going to one show for a couple hours, you know, this is a whole weekend of, of an experience. And, um, I think the best festivals, uh, you know, bring in that, the part, the communal part that I think the musicians feel at just about any festival. Um, but you know, once it comes into the, uh, once the community aspect of things really, uh, percolates into the, into the audience as well, I think that's when you get the really, the really good, the good uh, stuff. experiences for everybody. Yeah. Well, like Skull and Roses the, that's coming up at Ventura, it celebrates the community of the Grateful Dead. And that's what I was really attracted to myself, just that people are so nice to each other, you know? And I, yeah. I, I like, I'm sorry, is that old-fashioned? But I kind of <laughs> like nice, you know? I'm like, people I, are nice I to think, each other. It's a good idea. Yeah, I think that's the most magical part about being a, a deadhead, whether you want to call yourself one or not. There's so much more than just the music that goes around that, you know, that is a part of being in the community of the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Whether you're a fan or just, uh, of the music or, you know, you know, somebody who's, who's in the family, uh, or what, but the community travels with all these different variations on the band. The community loves the music. The community loves all the bands that play the music it's so widespread and it is nice it is nice <laughs> it's pretty great you know <laughs> i just remember my girlfriend and i standing there talking to these two guys were waiting to get a beer or something and the guys looked at us out of nowhere they go come on guys what do you say group hug <laughs> I just die. I still think about that. And I actually have carried that on into my own life. I'll just randomly say group hug to people and deadheads That's will. Amazing. Deadheads yep. are not afraid yep. of group hug. I mean, we're always, right. always about hugging where I've just met a group of people, some people I work with and they're like, no, no hugging. I was like, what? You're not deadheads. You are not deadheads because you would be hugging. We always hug. That's so great. We're with Graham Lesh. His band is Midnight North. Well, I want to feature another one of your songs. Can you tell us a song that you you know like to introduce to my podcast family here at Festival Nation that, that you'd like us to play? Yeah. Why don't we play one of Elliot's? Because Midnight North, you know, I basically front half the song. She fronts the other half. So why don't we do Green County from Under the Lights? Darling, I forgot we were 
ask you this one last question about your dad. Yeah. Did he give you some advice about, you know, when you said, I want to pursue a career in music, did he, did he say, you know, hey, that's a great idea, or like, dude, don't do it. Did he give you some advice <laughs> that you took with you? No, he's, he's not really the, like, sit you down and give you advice kind of a guy. It's just sort of from observing him and um, him being my dad and, and being around him all the time and uh, being in bands with him that, you know, you just sort of learn things. So um, I, I mostly just get to observe him and, and, and uh, both of my parents and just sort of, um, yeah. They're your example. Uh, see, see, yeah. See what they learned from their example. They're, they're great folks. And um, they, yeah, there's, there's not really any uh, specific lessons, but that doesn't mean I don't learn anything. So, and you get to yeah. hang out together. I mean, maybe that's, yeah, a, that's exactly. the whole like you're learning by doing, and you're and you're you're making memories. So, exactly, that's the best lesson right there. Just you know, mm-hmm. be present in the moment. Thank you so much, Graham, and thanks for being on Festival Nation. I appreciate it. And have thank a good you for one. having me. Okay, take you care. Too. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. That's Graham Lesh, singer and guitar player from Midnight North on Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. Thanks so much, Graham. And thanks for listening to Festival Nation here on the Pantheon Podcast Network and our special mini-series on Skull and Roses, the multi-day festival celebrating the music and community of the Grateful Dead. Skull and Roses returns April the 2nd through the 5th for its fourth anniversary at the legendary Ventura County Fairgrounds on the Central California coast. In upcoming episodes, we're going to feature behind-the-scenes interviews with artists performing at Skull and Roses, including O'Teal Burbridge, guitarist Steve Kimock, and longtime Grateful Dead publicist Dennis McNally. And during the festival, we're going to be on site, live with our fest cast, bringing you all the news from backstage with plenty of special guests. This year's lineup features Grateful Dead drummer Bill Kreutzman and his band Billy and the Kids, O'Teal and Friends, Voodoo Dead, Melvin Seals and JGB, Jackie Green, Keller Williams's Grateful Grass, Circles Around the Sun, Ghostlight, Grateful Shred, David Nelson Band, and tons more. Get your tickets at skullandroses.com. And stay tuned to Festival Nation for your chance to win your pair of passes to Skull and Roses too, which has become a mecca for deadheads young and old. To win, you can email us at festivalnationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Nation Festival or Facebook and Instagram at Festival Nation Podcast. And tell us why you love the podcast and which band you're most looking forward to seeing at Skull and Roses. We'll find you and you'll be entered to win. Any music used in this Festival Nation podcast is owned by the artist and is used for educational and illustration purposes only. Thanks for checking out, liking, sharing, and following Festival Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Talk to you next time. Peace. Peace, love, and music. Thanks for being part of the tribe. For Marla Davies and everyone here at Festival Nation, until next time, tune in, turn on.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 